This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's performance review season, and if you're an HR leader, it's probably not your favorite time of year. The stress, the nagging. But if you used 15.5, you'd be dreading performance reviews less, nagging managers less, stressing less. Because 15.5 all but does performance reviews for you with weekly check-ins and ongoing goal tracking. So at the end of the year, performance reviews are done in an instant with way more fairness and accuracy. Learn more at 15.5.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com.
It's Wednesday, it's 12.30, you know what that means, it is the Wednesday Axon Bulletin. I'm delighted to be here in a state of mind studios for a change, um, good to be here, and I'm delighted to be joined by two of the best contributors out there, I'm going to put that out there and put the challenge for the rest of the podcast, we've got Amy Canavan and Natasha Miko. how are you both doing girls? Well, you didn't say that when it's just me, so it's obviously Natasha, so... (laughs) It's because I'm a guest on this Wednesday show and he's been polite to his new guest on a Wednesday, that must be We're usually that polite. (laughs) Are we going to fall out again this week, Amy? It's been a couple of weeks since we had a fallout. I'll referee. I think it has. I mean, you're used to doing that on a Tuesday show, Natasha, to be fair, so... um, But we'll see how it goes. And the question is, how are you doing because how is the big talking point that's came out over the last few hours or so newspaper reports from Stephen McGowan in the Daily Mail today suggesting that the deal for Eddie Howe is getting very close to getting over the line it's been nine weeks now since Neil Lennon's departure Amy we spoke about this last week but maybe there is finally light at the end of the tunnel yeah there could be Um, you know you can't really how many times have we heard this this season though you know that we're we're that close we're this close it's going to be this week it's going to be that week so you know I think you've got to take a little bit with a pinch of salt Um, again obviously McGowan's a decent source he certainly is but there's been a few decent well supposed decent sources this season and you know we are nine weeks on now um, and like I say how many times have we heard that all we how we'll be in this week this weekend it's Monday it's happening Thursday you know it's getting a little bit tiresome now so of course yep it's exciting but you know there's a big fixture at the weekend as well there's no surprise that these are trying to hit the headlines you've just got to, I think you've definitely got to take everything with a pinch of salt A pinch of salt as Amy says Natasha but Celtic fans are starting to get impatient and when you see a story like that breaking overnight it's natural to get more excited isn't it? That's right. I mean, the fans are going to jump on every sort of snippet that we're getting now. There's really not much else to talk about. The competition, the cup competitions are all over. The league's all over. There is very little else for the fans to focus on other than the non-ending question of who is the next manager going to be. So when we do get sources like McGowan come out and, and say things like that, people are going to jump on it. It's going to get talked about more. The hype's going to build And it's just one of these sort of never-ending cycles that someone says something, it gets built up and built up by the fans, nothing happens and it comes crashing back down until the next time someone tells us it's really close. Um, But in saying that, this time, (laughs) I said this last time, this time I believe that we are actually almost there. You know, we know that these negotiations take time. Mm-hmm. We know that. Like, there's a lot of pieces of a jigsaw to put into place when we're trying to bring in a new manager, and not only a new manager, but likely, you know, perhaps a new management team to go with him, a new director of football, or whatever we're going to call that role. So there's a lot of pieces to try and fit, and these last sort of negotiations, these final things to do, take time. We know it do. We know they do, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating. You know, we've also got to consider. Hare's opinion, you know, he's going to have a lot of dilemmas in his own head and it would be reasonable for us to think, is he sitting considering, you know, what will happen with some jobs in England? Is he holding off for that? Obviously, the last thing we want is to get to the end of the season and him to have stalled so much, he then turns elsewhere. 
you know, look at the backroom team who might be coming from Bournemouth. Apparently, we're hearing the rumours are that he wants to bring his Bournemouth team with him. Mm-hmm. You know, Bournemouth are sitting in a position where they're going to get themselves into the playoffs and have a chance, you know, at promotion. If you were a coach at Bournemouth right now and Eddie was asking you to come up to Glasgow with them, but you know if you're getting that promotion, there's going to be a clause in their contracts that legislate for a massive pay increase if they do get that promotion. So maybe they're, you know, sitting and holding off as well. So a lot of pieces to fall into place and crossing my fingers, but I think this is the time that the pieces are going to come together and we might have an announcement within, within the week. Now that's a, a massive kind of statement to put out there an announcement within the week but I mean it, it would sort of bring the morale um, back up amongst the fans now there's two sides of this there is fans that will get really excited at this news and there's fans that are kind of at the stage now where it's like it's another story it's another one just like as you were saying Amy you've got to kind of put um, a, take it with a pinch of salt I'm just going to bring up one of the comments here from Facebook user it just says I do not believe a single word of how to Celtic and then you've got fans on the other side like Zinkovic8754 what an amazing appointment and message it would be of how he decides to go for Celtic now one of the big things that has kind of troubled the Celtic fan base this season is the the disconnect between the club and um, the support. When you look at it, I think if you bring in this appointment, he's not um, going to be everyone's favourite, but it will start that process of getting the fans back on side. You've got someone that you can trust for the future going forward. Natasha, as you were just saying there, looking at bringing his own boardroom, eh, not his own boardroom, sorry, that would be completely different, his own <laughs> backroom um, team to it. Amy, how important will that be um, with, that he has his own team going forward? It was one of the big criticisms that was discussed about Neil Lennon's time um, was that he was kind of forced upon to take John Kennedy and to take Gavin Strachan and to take the iPad and the laptop and everything else that came along with that deal uh, but yeah having your own team that is very important and it could be the idea that this is what's holding up this deal Absolutely As we've said that for pretty much the whole Lennon's tenure sorry that it wasn't his own team you know and you talk about the laptop and all of that and it was so obvious that the Strachan certainly wasn't in his plans Kennedy you know it was, it was trying to you can even view that as trying to be a, a, a continuation from Rodgers obviously I think Kennedy was almost like assistant manager before I think Lennon even officially got that, that managerial role so there's mm. there's all of that that sort of there's you can maybe see the Lennon uh, the Kennedy piece he saw in Lennon and obviously there's there's a bit of a history there as well Kennedy's been at the club a very long time um, and as a as a real figurehead but you look at Strachan it, it just never there was n- never really that connection and we joke about it there was more of that connection with the laptop or the iPad so it is important that, that how gets the team that he wants of course I think you know there's going to be a certain select of fans and we, we've touched on it before and, and I know Natasha has as well on a Tuesday that you don't want to give the head coach or the manager, whatever role it may be, too much power because you know they're not going to be here for 10 years or a Fergie 25 years. Those days in football are long gone. So it is a, you know, a short stint, maybe two, three years. If we're lucky, that's what we'll get out of them. But we have to make this, we, th- we have to think about ourselves. Obviously, you, you, you're pitching how, yes, may only be two, three years, but you've got to think of us. Now, we are going into a rebuild right now. And if he's going to be at the forefront of that, you need him to go and, wholeheartedly as well and if he was only comfortable doing that with his backroom staff then I think you've got to grant him his wishes you know this isn't just like a a Kevin Graham Jack Ross sort of scenario this is a big name and he's asking for a big he's wanting a big team for a reason because he is a big name and he knows himself that 
you know, Celtic are doing well if, if they land him. Natasha's touched on it. If you look at maybe Newcastle and Crystal Palace, these sort of roles may appear. You look at Sheffield United. Sheffield United is one of the, the a more lucrative club in the sense that what Howe likes to do, get that club back up to the Premier League. You know, he knows that's what he's good at. He knows he can do that. And if he has a budget, what they had at Sheffield United would be similar to what he had at Bournemouth. Maybe that's what he envisages. So if he is wanting to come to Celtic you've got to grant him these wishes and I just feel if the backroom staff obviously I think maybe 17-18 is a little bit excessive but you know you've got to give him his you've got to give him his um, his dues and if it be As the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more as the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, obviously, the, the talks of Bournemouth, that is complicated. That is complicated. And these guys are all still in employment as well. And, and as Natasha's totally said, if they're going for promotion and, you know, playoffs are, are, are beckoning, then that's going to be tough to steer them away. You, then it's going down to relationships between between him and his team. And, you know, you don't want to come too fiddled in with that. But, yeah, I think fundamentally you've got you've got to give him a chance and you've got to give him his team, which he would feel comfortable. That rebuild can, it can be even the most successful. Yeah, Natasha, Amy's touched on that there about the size of the backroom team. Now, when you look at it, when you think of Celtic's backroom team, the first people that come to mind is John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, but then you go deeper beyond that again and there's a lot of people which a lot of Celtic fans won't know who they are but they play pivotal roles you see them on the pitch at, tra- um, at Lennox Town um, you see them before the games carrying out the training sessions and when you look at it, as Amy says Howe has had teams of 13, 14, 15 before but it is giving the man the complete freedom to implement his own style and as Amy also said some of them may also be at Bournemouth now Bournemouth are in the position at the minute where they're challenging to get back in to the Premier League with that could maybe come a bonus an increase in wage so Mm. it is important for Celtic to kind of see it out and will it be that if they announce how this week which would be fantastic ahead of the game at the weekend it may just be that it's how plus three four five at the minute with more to come, very similar to the way that Stephen Glass was announced at Aberdeen with the the knowledge that Scott Brown would be joining him in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you're right about them timing the announcement properly. There are only three games left of this season. The season ticket renewal forms are going to be out very soon and it's going to be very difficult for the club to ask fans to put their hands in their pocket again for another season ticket without any management team in place and without any communication, without any indication of the direction the club are going in the future. They, can't, they simply can't send those forms out with none of those things in place, which leads me to think that this announcement is coming sooner rather than later. You've touched on it, we've all touched on it. There are going to be wider negotiations. If that Bournemouth backroom team, or at least some of them, are coming in, then the budget that Celtic are allocating to the backroom team is going to need to increase. Like you've touched Mm. on, we've already got our own backroom team. So are we going to take Bournemouth's as well? Are we going to take some of them? Are we going to lose some of ours? 
a lot of moving pieces in this and a lot of things that we're going to need to get in place. Like we've rightly said, those Bournemouth guys are going to get a massive pay increase if they get up to the Premier mm-hmm. League. That's going to make negotiations with them even more difficult. It gives them another couple of cards in their hand to, to use for their side of the negotiations. And it just depends if Dermot's going to put his hand in his pocket and, and look to try and try and match that or at least get somewhere close to the potential wages they could be on if they're to go to the Premier League. Everything's doable in a negotiation. No matter who you're negotiating with, everything is doable provided you have the money to back it up. So if Celtic really, really want Eddie Howe and Eddie Howe really, really wants these two or three people from Bournemouth, Dermot can make it happen if he puts his hand in his pocket. So it depends how much he wants Eddie Howe. And I think he'll see the feeling amongst the support. He'll see the negativity. He'll see the disengagement with the fans and know that that is going to hit hard in the season ticket sales unless they do something. And the do something that he needs to do is get this manager appointed. And being Eddie Howe would be the one, I think, that will unite the fans out the most out of the candidates that are being talked about. I think he's the one that's universally or at least largely had the yeah okay he he's the one that we want from the fans everyone else you know there have been some other good suggestions who could come in and do a job but there's such a split amongst the fans I think that what the club really need to do at the moment is make an appointment that gets the vast majority of fans on side and Eddie Howe is that guy mm-hmm. so not only does he unite the fans not only is he going to you know please the fans at the time of the season's ticket renewals. But he's also actually, do you know, that all to one side, he's got that attributes that we're looking for in our next manager. So mm. he ticks all the boxes. So we now just need to make it happen and get that appointment announced as soon as possible. I mean, the one person I'll be absolutely delighted for is Russell Boyce because he's driving that many buses and the price of diesel keeps going up day after day I see it all the time it can't be cheap to run all these buses that he's driving so um, if we eventually get how over the line then I'm sure they can park the rest of them up for another time um, I think he'll be quite sad about that actually I think he'll feel sad to have to let some of these buses go his Mourinho mega bus, his Keen bus all parked for another few years Oh, you know what will happen. They'll come back out of retirement the next time around. <laughs> it's always the You'll same. You'll keep the keys. You'll keep the keys. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep them ticking over. But Amy, <laughs> there, was a, there was a point Natasha made there um, about Dermot Desmond putting his hand in his pocket and we just mentioned about the season ticket renewals and fans will be asked to put their hand in their pocket. Now, I was listening to Clyde Super Scoreboard on Saturday um, and it was quite openly discussed that the season tickets would go on sale as of May 1st. Now, that is Saturday now it's not been confirmed by the club we've not heard this but this was openly discussed so going on the idea that you need a manager to sign off the new renewal form should it give you hope seeing this news today that maybe it's this week and 63 days on now a couple of days in for Dominic Mackay to kind of work out where the, the coffee room and the biscuits are and get on the phone we're maybe starting to see a bit of encouraging news yeah, absolutely. As we've said that there, we've said all along really that you think that the manager obviously would, would be in place or head coach, whatever it may be, would be in place by the time season tickets come around. As you've said, nobody's really said from the club wise if this is happening on Saturday or not. But um, you know, it's there's been so many occasions that we've said you know then the, the doubles ended so Monday was a perfect occasion you could say that after Sunday that then next Monday is a perfect occasion there's all these things that there's been moments moment, moments sorry that 
this is the day. Let's carry the momentum and let's announce that manager. Let's announce that head coach. Let's get that engagement and let's get the fans back on side. Are you just going to do it on a random Thursday that because then it just looks so obvious that it's because the season tickets are coming out on Saturday? You know, there's PR guys and girls in place for a reason because these things are meant to be well thought out and I appreciate that and if Howe's making it a little bit complicated then you can't just announce it if, if the man himself isn't ready. But you'd like to think that there's a little bit more planning into it than just you know like you say season tickets coming out I know that sounds a little bit contradictory but then again like I say a random Thursday fans can see right through that if it's the, the process of carrying momentum that's what we want um, and you know who's to say that there's going to be many more wins this season if, if any and, and you never know so is that momentum really then lost and I'm sad that <laughs> Like I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> um, and, and that's the case. You know, there's been those moments. And like I say, I think Monday would have been one of the, the perfect occasions as well, just to carry that little bit of momentum. And, and that's all we talk about. You know, it's, it's it's reading the room, which the club have failed to do all season. Mm-hmm. There's no sort of engagement. So the, the communication's not been there. You know, maybe last week with Mackay was the perfect time, even if not the perfect time to announce how last week with Mackay was certainly the perfect time to put out a little statement and just say, you know, it's a holding statement, a manager, we are looking for one. You know, well, the, the hunt is on, the process is, is underway because there's really still not been any recognition of that. You know, obviously, mm. the fact that we're having to talk amongst ourselves and say, you know, we're hoping there's work going on behind the scenes. We should be in the knowledge that there's something going on behind the scenes and that Dermot Desmond's working tirelessly and X, Y and Z, they are working tirelessly. We are just hoping. And really, mm-hmm. is there really much vouching that we should have the hope in the club this season? I don't really think so. So, you know, it's maybe a little bit of blind loyalty, but like I say, if it's on a random Thursday, then so be it. I think that the quote goes it's the hope that kills you and that's kind of the way it's been for Celtic this season just want to bring this point up from Declan McConville um, who's on the Thursday club and I'll make sure to carry on this tradition Amy of getting the names right at the end of the show Good man. Uh, that's been a couple of weeks in a row now um, if you remember five years ago Davies and Driscoll took a week after the Rogers announcement so that's what we were saying earlier if it's a case of having to wait on Howe's backroom team just get them in and then we can go through that afterwards uh, mm. now we spoke about there the sort of the PR from Celtic this season um, and we're going to talk about something that was actually came out in December but has now recently come back to light because of um, I think someone picked it up on Twitter and it kind of ran with it um, and it's about Celtic and their PR this season and the relationships with the fans and kind of moving away from what was the core values of the club and it's to do with the um, partnership that Celtic mm. have announced this season with a company called Dahu International, Natasha, you know a bit more about that. Is that connects Dahu International? Is that the name of them? That's right. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Um, and like you say, it did fly under the radar. And um, this article about it was posted in December. Celtic's partnership with this Chinese company, and like I've mentioned before, if something flies under the radar, it's because it's supposed to be under the radar. Mm-hmm. If Celtic had wanted us to know about this and thought that this was this great partnership that they wanted publicised. You know what they're like. They would have absolutely milked it and we would have known all about it. This has flown under the radar because they want it to have flown under the radar. And that's because of the company in itself. Um, I've got concerns on you know, a couple of levels about this. You know, On one hand, the company specialise in video technology 
and mm-hmm. also on surveillance. So why have we engaged them? Is it for these apparent video walls we're going to put up in the Celtic Superstore? Is it for the drones that are apparently going to film training at Lennox Town and give us a whole new analysis angle? Is it that or are they you know, engaging them for any surveillance reasons? I know other clubs in the, the Premier League have, have recently invested in their surveillance so that they do have eyes on the fans at all times. Is that something that Celtic are doing? Because I think the fans would firstly like to know about it and secondly be a bit concerned about that. Um, so regardless of what the company do, my main concern with our partnership with this company is um, so, some of the things you read about them. For example, um, the US Department of Commerce have actually banned them from, from being engaged in America or having business over there because there are concerns about their human rights violations. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking migrant worker camps, um, exploitation, real human rights breaches. I don't want my club to be anywhere near a company that has this sort of reputation. I fully appreciate that, you know, some people might come back and say that that's unfounded. We don't know that. If the US Department of Commerce are taking that approach, there's no smoke without fire, is there? This, some, this is not a company that I want the club to be involved in. And if they are, it's just another example of them being so detached from the values that they were set up to promote, the values that they do promote and the values mm-hmm. that the fans hold. So I would like a bit more explanation about our partnership with them. You can look back to a couple of weeks ago when Celtic put out a post on Twitter that was promoted by... Uh, debt, debt recovery, yeah, debt recovery right. agency. And yep. the, the backlash was massive. The fans quite rightly said that they don't want the club associated with that. And again, it's detached from the models and the values and why the club was set up. And we actually got a response back from that. The response was that it was a mistake mm-hmm. and that Celtic have what they called a blacklist of companies that they don't use. Which is fair enough. I'm absolutely happy with that. Let's stick to companies that support who we are as a club. So if we do have that blacklist, what's the criteria? Is a company who breaches human rights law not not on the blacklist? If not, why not? But I, I think Celtic needs or could have or should have come out with some explanation about the partnership, why why it's been formed and why we're quite happy to work with this company. So I certainly do see the concerns that a lot of people have with this one. Yeah, and for anyone that isn't aware of the situation, the, the company were set up, as Natasha was saying, to introduce video walls so that you could review performances at Lennox Town. Um, it was also set up to put video walls within the Superstore at Celtic Park. Um, and there was also a, a kind of further bit where drones would be able to be used to fly over to watch player movement. Clearly, we haven't really... Um, made the full advantage of that this season because I posted a video on Twitter the other day that was sharing from another account that basically showed Celtic conceding seven of the same goals um, from a corner this season, so <laughs> if they maybe had the drone footage for that, they'd be able to, <laughs> to mark up properly. Uh, but Amy, you look at it, as Natasha said, there's a, a sort of PR disaster coming out of the club with this and it's only just resurfaced from December. We spoke about the debt recovery agency and it taken away from the fact that Celtic were founded as a, a club to feed the poor in the East End and the immigrants my main concern with this wasn't the fact it was a Chinese company and the connections with the US because you see it now how many people have a Huawei phone how many people have a Chinese phone that is now banned from going into the US but when you look at it, the human rights concerns, the the idea that they're actually kind of monitoring people twenty four seven, the sort of big brother attitude to it, it's something Celtic should really distance themselves from, isn't it? 
Yeah, I just have to completely and utterly agree with Natasha there. You know, you just need to to reiterate really that you don't want I don't want my club associated with anything like this. Um, and as as Natasha said, nobody will. Um, you're looking back on our values, our morals, what we were what we were founded upon, and this is not what we stand for. Um, so again, as, as Natasha rightly said, there's a reason that this has went under the radar um, because it's, the club wants it to be. So there needs to be a little bit of knowledge on it and I'm, I'm totally behind anyone who can bring any sort of light to it because, as we've said, it's just um, all the connotations that are being brought with this are, are things that I certainly do not want the club to be associated with. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what the response is. Natasha, as you said, the reaction that the debt recovery agency got, I mean, that got a statement within what, three, four hours um, from the club as soon as they'd put that out. Now, this has been hanging around since December. The, the advertise, you, you've seen the pictures of the, the games where the advertising board's going around with them being advertised at the games. So, um, as you said, this has went under the radar, but now it's been brought to the club's attention. With the new incoming CEO, with the new kind of shuffle, you'd like to think that it's one that they review and they say, I'm sorry, we're going to break up this partnership, we'll move on and just kind of leave it at that, apologise for being involved in a relationship like this, being involved in what you would potentially say is a blacklisted partner, and then just kind of move on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think if they were to do that, the fans would be frustrated. Um, there'd be a few idols. You got it wrong. Again, another PR disaster. But thank you for acknowledging what we have said and taking, you know, the values and views of the fans on board and, and doing something about it. And saying that, I think there's no chance. Um, I know that <laughs> I know that they did back then from the debt collection one, but, but we're talking about a sponsored tweet there. That's probably of limited value. A big partnership with a large Chinese technology company that's likely to involve some sort of you know lucrative deal. The board aren't going to back out of this one. I don't think. I think they might ignore it. Um, we shall see. But get going by the you know recent engagement for from the club. Uh, my hopes are not high on a response on this. <laughs> Just bringing up this point from Kieran, 1888. Only went under the radar because the drones are blocking the signal. Tinfoil hats on, boys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. I've got to give him that one. Um, but yeah, I said. PR nightmare, it's something that you want the club to to take first hand, deal with it um, look, there's been plenty of PR disasters in football this season we've seen what happened with the European Super League down south as you mentioned, this debt recovery agency there's lots of issues to go on with but you just like to think that the club can acknowledge it make the apology and move on um, and we'll, we'll see what happens there speaking about though um, PR and discussions, there is a big event taking place on a Celtic State of Mind tonight at 7pm and Natasha you're heavily involved in this as well um, so we'll get your points in a second but just to advertise it slightly, Celtic shared and Celtic Trust are coming together to um, take part on a Celtic State of Mind tonight and we'll be debating the Celtic Trust share proposal now there will be involvement from 20 minute Tims, 4 Tims in a podcast, the the North Curve Celtic 67 Hail Hail more than 90 minutes podcast and also the Homeboys Natasha you're also involved in this tonight so tell us a bit more this week on the Marketers Report Patrizio Spagnoletto Global Chief Marketing Officer Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery weighs in on building trust Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
what about what we should be expecting? Yes, we had the Celtic Share guys on the on the show before and they told us a bit about their proposals, um, which is a show that went down really well. The guys are great and their proposals are really interesting. Um, for all those who follow Celtic Share and Celtic Trust on Twitter or any social media platform, you'll see their proposal about um, refunds to the fans who have purchased season tickets by way of a, by way of a share issue. Um, I think we can all agree that we've all paid... 500, 600, 700, whatever was paid for their season tickets this year and had very little value back for that. Really, the equivalent of a Celtic TV pass. You know, what's that, about £90 worth? That's what we've Mm -hmm. had in return for that money we spent in our season ticket. I think we all agree that we feel a bit shortchanged by that and the club need to do something to compensate that and, you know, to mark the loyalty of the fans and continuing to give them the money, especially in a time like this. The club don't know the fans' financial positions, especially during this period of lockdown, furlough. It's a difficult time for a lot of people and £500-£600 is not an insignificant amount of money to give for absolutely nothing in return. So what Celtic Shared and Celtic Trust are proposing is that the club refund the fans for their season tickets, not in cash, but in shares, so the money stays within the club. Now, they've been detailing this proposal in a lot more detail than I've given here on their Instagram and Twitter pages. But there is a lot of debate, there's a lot of discussion and people have a lot of questions, which is only natural with a proposal like this. So tonight's event, it looks great. Um, We've got a panel lined up with representatives from both Celtic Trust and Celtic Shared, hosted by us on Axon. And we have representatives from all the podcasts that you just mentioned who are going to come on and and ask these guys questions. There's only so much detail and so much debate you can have on on Twitter with a character limit. You can't answer these questions in full detail. You can't give the sort of explanations that you want to. So what we're creating here is almost like a town hall event where we've got a panel, we've got our virtual audience from the podcasts who can come on and ask these guys anything. You know, it's no holds barred. If people are critical of the proposal, that's absolutely fine. Come along, make your point, listen to what the guys have to say in response. But yeah, so no questions off limits. The guys are going to be there to answer them. We're going to get a lot more detail about the proposal and why they think it's a good idea and why this is the best way forward for the fans and for the club while still giving some sort of added value. If anyone's got any questions that they'd like to be put to the panel then feel free to send us them over on social on social media on twitter send them to to me send them to axon celtic shared celtic trust send them in and we'll and we'll use them as part of the show otherwise tune in at tune in at seven o'clock and yeah have a listen let us know what you think now, Amy, there was a the, the point we discussed a couple of weeks ago when this first the proposal first came out, um, and we got a bit of stick for what we said, um, saying that we didn't believe that it was the right thing for the club to do. Um, we didn't think that it was something that would go ahead. But now you're getting to see more information coming out from Celtic Shared, Celtic Trust. Um, it will potentially change a couple of people's um, ideas on the scenario. For me, I'm not completely sold on it. I will listen tonight to see if it changes my mind any. Um, but taking a look at it, do you think this is a, a good proposal that's been put forward by the Trust and by Celtic Shared to compensate fans for this additional value? Natasha, you mentioned refunds, but we know it's not really a refund. Celtic yeah. have said there is no refunds this season, yeah. but fans have always been asking for this additional value. You get a, a virtual match programme, which 
which I don't think 95% of fans have even noticed coming into their inbox um, we've had the odd game here and there but as Natasha says Amy it's sort of getting a video package this year it's probably to the value of about £100 to make up the rest of the shortfall they're suggesting the shares is it the right way to go? Well, uh, as Natasha has rightly said, uh, tonight is all about then you're gaining the, the information about this proposal. If there was a if there was stick a few weeks ago from us, then uh, it's again it's probably because the issue um, or the proposal was a little bit thin. But tonight there's that platform there to, to gain everything. So to be honest, tomorrow's panel is probably the best people to ask because you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna have all of that information behind you. Um, but you know it, it's certainly there, and it's it's obviously got a little bit more beef now because there's going to be you know. Seven seven podcasts, including Axom, all there. So there is, there's momentum. And that's all we really spoke about. It's all about momentum. So it's going to be there tonight. Natasha's definitely sold it to me. So, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm just going to bring this point up because back to what we were just discussing a second ago and it's from Paul McLean that says really not but betting firms are okay look we're not saying betting firms are okay no. but there's a lot of things that are wrong with the way that Celtic go about their business um, the betting things is a real concern for me um, and I'll give a shout out to a, a local person down my way um, Gam Talk who is a charity set up to help people that have had issues with their um, their gambling addictions before they're going round schools to teach kids on the kind of the issues that could potentially come up if they ever get into the habit and to help people out um, and they've got some fantastic sponsors with uh, Lauren Shanklin of Dundee United who are helping them out as well so um, look g- gambling that is something that I'd like to see us moving away from. Um, you've saw over the last kind of few years where I say few years, it's gone back a bit now. Where there used to be the sort of cigarette company sponsoring events, and that's moved on. I think it's a societal thing um, when it comes mm-hmm. down to that, and eventually people will start to move away from the gambling thing. I think you already see it on some jerseys where it says "Gamble Responsibly" under the gambling sponsorship. That's probably the first step, but then it's going to take time. But things like this, things like the partnership that's set up with the the Chinese company, that can be ended right away. It's not something that you have to weed out of the club. It's something you can do now, um, and it's not the only issue that's going on at the club. Absolutely. And you know what else? They're not like mutually exclusive either. You can call out one thing. You don't have to call out everything at the same time. There's a lot of things in football that I would change. There's a lot of partnerships I could criticise. There's a lot of companies you could criticise. But that, on one hand, does not prevent you from calling out another. This is something that's just come onto our radar recently, something that we've discussed amongst ourselves on Twitter, and now we've discussed on the show. If we want to get into the whole association with gambling with football, with alcohol sponsors in football, that would take up hours. We could do our full other show on that. But um, yeah, us calling out you know, a, a Chinese company and calling out drinks and advertising and all the sorts of different betting and advertising yet yeah, they're not mutually exclusive we can do one without having to do the other and I think we we're all pretty much on the same page on that and uh, as someone that likes to always put a wee comment in now and again and, and I've had some good banter with him over the time Monty um, I can't bring up his point because of I don't want to bring up some profanity but it basically just says stop ridden, stop using Parks of Hamilton as well and that's probably something else that Celtic could look to do next season is to maybe change the bus company as well try and move that this, this sort of connection with the club across the city away from that and it's something that we're going to talk about is the game mm-hmm. against them at the weekend yeah 
not many people want to talk about it. We're getting to a stage now where three games left in a season is three games too many. You just want to look ahead. But we do have the game to talk about. Um, but Natasha, just rounding up on the the event that's taking place tonight, um, getting the questions in and stuff like that. It's also interactive tonight. People can leave comments and it might also get discussed. You're right, just like you can leave comments on this show. The show will be broadcast live across our Twitter page, um, our Facebook page, the YouTube channel. So just let you comment on this show now. Go ahead and comment your questions during the show and we can we can bring them up as well so it can be fully interactive. And we look forward to, to everyone's questions coming in. Yeah, definitely. And we're looking forward to seeing all the comments that's coming in so far on Facebook, on Twitter and on YouTube. We are sitting at 11.2k subscribers, so if you haven't already done so. 113 have just been corrected by producer Paul. Um, so if you haven't already done so, uh, hit the like, subscribe buttons. Um, they do... Um, they do really help us to grow the channel um, and make sure that you tune in tonight at 7 o'clock for the discussion with the Trust and with Celtic Shared um, but the main talking point we have here uh, is on the bottom of the screen and it's some of the changes that have been suggested for the game at the weekend now Amy we discussed this last week, John Kennedy came out with his interview before the Aberdeen game and he was quoted as saying that it was time to start making some changes to the side, the focus was always on picking up the points but I mean, you look at that team that played against Aberdeen last Wednesday, the only change was almost enforced by bringing in near Beaton for Chris Iyer. Now, when are these changes going to be made? There's only three games to go. You've got the big game at the weekend. Do we expect to see some coming up or is it just a case of another false promise? I think it's a false promise. I think anybody now that, you know, if it happens, then great. It's a bit of a surprise. But as you said last week, we were talking about all those changes. We spent almost the whole show talking about all these potential changes. And then, well, we looked like a right pair of tubes, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> not for the first time. Not for the first time. That lineup came out. And like you say, what was it? Beat on Farrier. And you're just, you're shaking your head. So, you know, it's, you look at those. Would I like Sorrow and for Brown? Yes. Would I like Rogic and for Christie? Yes. Would I like Griffin for Yes. Is it going to happen? I don't think that all three are going to happen. There you go. You don't make fun of me again. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a mess. It really is, you know. And is it time for Kennedy to be bold? Well, you know, it was probably bold about six weeks ago. It was time, sorry, about six weeks ago to be bold. And it's just, it's not happening. So do I see it happening this weekend? Of all weekends, I don't, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it's now the third time that we've played them under Kennedy's management. Um, imagine saying that Kennedy's management I don't think you'll have a managerial job once you leave Celtic let's be honest um, but surely Natasha you must have learned something from the previous two occasions against them to line up at the weekend maybe with a couple of changes put in there and actually maybe give it a go because that's one of the things that we've been critical about is that we've had these two games there have been two free shots at them and we've still struggled to lay a finger on them yeah, do you know, I'm probably with Amy on this one. I think Kennedy's team selections over the last few weeks have shown us that he is not going to, you know, rock the boat. He's going to keep it the same, very little changes. And I think he's just trying to keep us ticking over and avoid, you know, anything disastrous until the end of the season. You know, I get both points that I've been seeing, you know, discussed when we're talking about this game. On one hand, it's important that we go and win it. Yes, it's a dead rubber. Yes, it doesn't matter in terms of the league position. But, you know, it's still a Glasgow derby. It's always going to matter to the fans. And like I said yesterday, the the players are playing for pride, the pride of the club, their professional pride. And this means something to the fans. You know, this is the last chance for the players to avoid ending the season without having beaten Rangers. We need to give this absolutely 
everything, although to all intents and purposes it is a dead rubber, this is a game that is massively important for us to go out and win and stop their invincible league season. So with that in mind, you have one argument which says, okay, then let's put out our strongest team, let's put out our best team and go and really try and win this game. And the argument then is that our best team involves players like Edward, it involves... (laughs) Christie involves, you know, Ayer, like the team that we've seen over the last few weeks, the supposed starting 11 need mm-hmm. to start to try and win this game. But my answer to that would be, you know, is that our best team? Look how poorly they performed over the last couple of weeks. Edward did almost nothing against Aberdeen, literally almost nothing. Any one of us on this show today could almost have done what Edward did that day. <laughs> Literally ineffective. I said after the Rangers game, the Rangers Cup game, that I would quite happily not see Edward play for Celtic again. Only because he's not going to be here next season. And when he is here, he's so switched off. He is checked out. He is here in body, but not here in mind. <laughs> his mind is on his next club. So why are we playing him? You know, the answer to that is because we need to win the game against Rangers and he's our best striker. Is he? I've not seen that for the last few weeks. Try to play a Yeti. Try and play Griffiths. Um, are they going to do any worse than Edwards done on recent showings? I can't see it. But I think taking you know the first angle, the angle of we need to go out with our strongest starting 11 and we need to win this game... I think what we'll see is Kennedy make very, very very minimal changes, unfortunately, because like Amy said, yeah, I'd play Sorrow, yes, I'd play Rogic, yes, I'd play Griffiths. Will will Kennedy? No, I don't think so. And Amy, when we were looking at the team last week, I mean, we we put our lineups together and someone that didn't actually come into the equation at all was Karamoko Dembele and Paddy John Hughes brings up the point, unleash Karamoko on them. Now, when he came off the bench against Aberdeen the other day, um, I thought he was actually very impressive. He's someone that we also thought was going to be leaving the club this summer but the talk is that Celtic have extended his contract by a further year there was a year option on the deal now he's 17 years old I don't think it's someone that you'd want to throw into the kind of the hype of this game but if there ever was one to f- for him to be thrown into it's a game like this where again it matters very little for both teams when you look at the sort of way that the last one petered out um, in the league it was almost like a pre-season friendly towards the end so I mean why not give him the chance? Yeah, exactly. That's that's your answer there. Why not? Um, you know, as we've touched upon in, in the task spot on, you, you say, right, well, Edward's part of our best 11 and whatnot. You know, has, has Edward been probably the best part, part of our best 11 this whole season? No, he's not been there. Um, he's not He's not turned up. You could probably say for the, the majority of the season, he's, he's not interested. And the most frustrating thing is because you see him then go away with the France under-21s, if it be for the actual Euros or, you know, when there was qualifiers or any sort of um, game for France. And any, he, he's playing to the, the abilities that we know and that's the frustrating point. So yeah. you know that he's not just having an off year because mm-hmm. he's managing to do it when he's in France so what, what's the difference it's because he's not interested when he's here so I, I will come to Jamelle but for, for Edward I would definitely start Griffiths I think as well um, well in Griffiths camp um, so far in deep now he can't really get out but um, you know there, there's that sort of talk over the last few days that there's the, the possibility that the Euro squads maybe you know um enlarged to, to 26 mm-hmm. men yep. instead of 23. Now, if Griffiths isn't thinking that he could be one of those three extra men, then his attitude is completely and utterly all wrong. So he's got three games to pretty much 
make the, the biggest competition in his international career. You know, this is history. This is the first um, tournament in my lifetime that, that Scotland have been to. And I, of course, I want to see Griffiths there. It'll be as, as massive. So there is an opportunity for him there because you you look at the strikers and we've talked about it before. The strikers for Scotland is... As a, are abysmal you know Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams thank God for them because other than that it's the bare minimal you're looking like Kevin Nisbet's even managed to I'd take Nisbet as well but that, that last final space could easily go to Griffiths so there is an incentive there for Griffiths for Edward there's clearly nothing as Natasha says he's just looking for the next club he, he certainly is but Edward um, Griffiths sorry there, there is something there and then as you're saying obviously with Dembele I'd absolutely go for him if he's if he's got that extra year extension. Then he's got a point to be proven as well. You know, he's thinking right. Well, then there's there's next year that he could be breaking into the squad and breaking into that first team again. This is the perfect opportunity. All we spoke about is that you know these games, these dead rubbers, as you, as you say. That's that's the issue that we've we've not been injecting the, the youngsters and we've not been giving the the so-called fringe players the opportunity. So let's give them this opportunity. It's not that you're giving a guy who we don't even really know the name. You know, this this, this young guy was touted to be one of like the most mm-hmm. you know sought after and one to watch and was given all these massive titles and all of that malarkey. So you know, give him give him that stage, give him that platform, and any time he's had it, he's taken it with and grabbed it with both hands. So I think it's absolutely the right time to be doing it. We're going to mention just in a second about the the idea of whether that pressure has got to him this season and that's why he hasn't been performing to the levels and he's not really been involved in the squad but it is some breaking news I have to bring you here on a Celtic state of mind it's not the Eddie Howe news unfortunately um, but I'll just bring this up here so this has come from producer Paul as of next week Wednesday's Axon Bulletin will give you the viewers an opportunity to dial in and raise your own concerns and queries regarding Celtic who wants to get involved Amy we're having a phone in. Are you looking forward to it? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you put on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, hi. Kick on. I mean, I'm sure the calls will be vetted by producer Paul. Um, when you see some of the statements that came in or some of the comments that came in um, on a, a daily basis in here, that will definitely need to be the case. But yeah, looking forward to it, Natasha. The, the Axon phone in is finally a thing. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, you know, there's only so much you can get across with a comment. So it's always great to listen to these phone-in shows, which allow people to come on and give their opinion and have a bit of a debate, rather than just being able to bring up a comment and us have a chat about it. I think it's an excellent idea. I look forward to people getting involved. I certainly don't envy producer Paul's task of, (laughs) (laughs) of, you know, vetoing who's coming on and who isn't. But, um, yeah, brilliant. Let's bring it on. And I look forward to it. I look forward to all the different calls from next week so people get get thinking what do you want to talk about get ready for the phone in yeah brilliant just seeing some of the comments getting brought up here by producer Paul so yeah lots to, to think about about next week Amy we're going to need to be on our best behaviour next week we need to watch oh <laughs> no pressure Paul okay, we have to have a language warning yeah we'll, we'll have to put up something all on the bottom of the screen like we have an age limit on this now <laughs> one of those explosive notices that you see on a lot of podcasts no, that's but, just no. for you Colin hey we'll, we'll speak about that off air uh, no but yeah we'll be one of those uh, long time listener first time callers all those that's all coming in as of next week yes. so we'll get our regulars Looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, going back to the point we were just discussing um, about Karamoko Dembele, Amy, as you were saying, it, it was this kind of hype around him that he was the next big thing. I think he's got a sponsorship deal with, is it Nike? 
um, that he's he's kind of very heavily he's got the connections you see it on his Instagram he's chatting with Neymar he's chatting with all these different big footballers but he's never really had the chance to show what he can do at Celtic there's three games left in this season I would start him in all three games yeah I would as well um, as, as we're saying you know these are the games that I've done for probably the last nine seasons I've said and obviously these games for the last nine seasons have been on a, a, a lot bit more harmonious times but you're saying right let's get the let's get the youngsters in let's get those fringe players in let's give them game time set them up and then they can go into pre-season and, and really try and kick on from there so it is it's, it's the opportunity it really is we've missed the boat absolutely um, over these last nine years totally and utterly and then when it has happened you know you've seen your, your Jack Aitchison's or whatever get a goal against is it Motherwell or something like that and then yep. he's, he's never seen again so it's it's all these crazy little ones that, that have happened and they just never really kicked on but Dembele is as we've said he's, he's brought up his name's brought up here for a reason because everybody is really excited by him because there's been all that attention brought to him Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like you say, if, if Nike and if Neymar and whoever may be talking about them, um, then there has to be something there. And we know there's something there because we've seen it in glimpses. But let's not let it be just glimpses now. Let's give them, you know, 75, 90 minutes, not just the 20 minutes at the end of a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I always go back to the first game that I ever went to, um, and it was Celtic against Dundee United back in the season 99-2000, and the team that lined up that day, there was a lot of 16, 17-year-olds, I think it was until the point of Jack Aitchison maybe playing, it was the youngest ever p- uh, player, was it Mark Fotheringham? Someone will correct me if I'm wrong here, um, who was playing at the age of 16. Now... I would love for the last game of the season for us to put out a team like that again but I just can't see it because we've loaned all these players out um, we saw Luke O'Connell getting an assist for Queen's Park the other day Ewan uh, O2's game for Clyde last night was called off at the last minute um, due to one of the Clyde players picking up a, a positive test so we wish them well um, but look, I'd love to see these youth players getting a chance we saw Dane Murray on the bench for the game against Aberdeen we've also seen Adam Montgomery Natasha look Maybe the game at the weekend's not the right opportunity, but in these last two games, you've got to see what you can get out of them. And as you said, actually, the players that haven't been doing it for us this season, take a seat. Yeah, I agree. And these players that you mentioned, these young players coming through, they've got something to play for still. You know, they've got to play to impress. I know it might be a different management team in place, but I hope it'll be a different management team in place by the start of next season. But they're still trying to impress. A lot of the backroom team at Celtic will still be around. Um, they've got to try and impress and show why they deserve a place at the club next season and start pushing for the first team next season. So now we're talking about a group of guys who actually have something to play for in these last two games you mentioned, rather than the group of guys who already got their minds out of the door. I get that maybe this weekend's game isn't the ideal time to, to play them, but that actually just frustrates me even more because the minute the league was done was the right time. We've mm. had weeks of it being the right time to give these players game time. Even if we're not talking about the full game, we're talking you know, half an hour, 20 minutes. Something Their opportunity has been there for weeks and it's frustrating to me that Kennedy hasn't chosen to mix this up at all. For me, I have no idea why he's continued to play Scott Brown. We know that Scott Brown is is leaving at the end of the season. He even played him against the club he is going to join. That decision will never make sense to me. I'd love him to, to, to explain it to us. Why Sorrow wasn't in there instead of him, I don't know. For me, it just looks like Kennedy is trying to cause as little disruption as possible in his time in charge, not have any disastrous results, and just try and steady the ship until the end of the season and not really 
try anything different, stamp his own identity on it, because I'm really not seeing any of that going forward. I can't see him changing that for the next three games. As much as I'd like to see the young guys come in and get a shot, if he was going to do that, he would have done it by now. So I don't think he is. Maybe maybe the last game of the season he'll, he'll do it. We'll see. I was speaking with the boys at Red Tinted Glasses and Aberdeen podcast. Um, they were very gracious enough to have me on to discuss the pre-match and post-match of the game and that was the big surprise for them was that Scott Brown was playing mm. um, they, they know they're anticipating him coming up this season they're talking about which kind of um, performance you're going to get out of him how many games they're going to play but what they said and it was a, a very interesting point was the fact that Ferguson and Campbell were up against Scott Brown it almost made them raise their game because mm. they're like well this is my opportunity mm-hmm. to show you you're not just walking straight into that team and if you're going yeah. to raise the, the performances of the opposition, I, I wouldn't have you playing. As you're saying, play guys like Sorrell. Now, Sorrell, it was quite interesting, I looked up the stats. He's played 21 times this season, which was a surprise to me. I didn't think he'd actually got that amount yeah. of games in. But he has only started 11 of them, so 10 of them came off the bench. It's probably two three-minute performances that we've not seen. With, the, with only three games left in the season and as you read the, the papers, there is speculation that Tottenham Hotspur are interested in him. Now, Amy, we, we, we spoke about players leaving this summer. We don't need any more, otherwise we'll struggle to put a five-a-side team out. Um, but look, it's time to give these guys a chance. For me, if I go through it, Sorrow for Brown is one I would definitely do. Rodrick for Christie, I'm not 100% on. Um, I don't What? Know. You're not a fan of dropping Christie? No, I'm not. Hey, let me finish. Come on. I would drop Christie, but I would play Dembele through the middle. Hmm. and I would have Forrest and Elenusi at either side of them um, I think it's great that James Forrest is going to be back for this game according to John Kennedy anyway um, looking at his performances since he came back from injury it showed you exactly what we've been missing we've been missing that width um, and I think we have to ditch the diamond and go back to the 4-2-3-1 Griff for Eddie it is probably um, as Natasha was saying it's probably the, the most obvious one Amy I agree with you as well he's got three games to show why he should be part of that is it 26 man squad for well, the Euros confirmed, but there's the potential um, yeah. UEFA obviously wanting it to be extended yeah. so mm-hmm. I mean he's also playing for his Celtic future for me if he had any of those chances that Edward had in the first half up at Patoji, they stuck at least one of them away, and the one that he did have, he did put away. So he's got that hunger. Yeah, he's kind of let us down sometimes this season, but just unleash him and see what you've got. So, yes, Amy, I am dropping Ryan Christie this time. I know it caused a bit of, a, a bit of debate, but I, I'm going. I'm going Soro for Brown. I'm going Dembele for Christie, and I will go with Griff for Eddie. Uh, but apart from that, do you see any other major changes coming in for the, the game at the weekend, um, or is it just going to be a case of Kennedy says we'll make changes, we'll make them maybe eventually? You know, it could be um, Beaton starting again, and I or maybe. Um going to right back could maybe see that but I think he's quite comfortable with Kenny I think that would be maybe more the, f- the fans would potentially want that but then again do you really want Ayer playing out of position but then again he's really quite strong at right back so it's you know there's that if, buts and maybes but I think in all honesty he'll, he'll, he'll stick a fire spit he'll stick Ayer at, at centre half and, and Kenny will play and my god let's just hope it, it's Greg Taylor and I know I get I get a fair amount of pillars that, that Taylor's not much better oh he is 
Yeah, I'm with you on that, Amy. I would definitely <laughs> have Taylor in over Laxalt. I mean, when Laxalt first came in, I, I thought we had a player on our hands. You know, I thought he stood there. I thought he looked brilliant. The more I've seen of him, the more he has regressed. And I think in just we have to just look at the first half against Rangers in the Cup. Laxalt, well, both our full-backs were shocking. Um, Taylor is much more solid defensively and we need that against Rangers. Look how often we concede from you know set pieces, from cross balls. Laxalt is so often out of position, it draws the rest of the back line out of position. You know, because he has ran somewhere in the pitch that he is not meant to be, Ayer then gets caught in two minds about whether he's meant to go over and cover... You know, with Greg Taylor, is he the best player in the world? No, he isn't. He is a solid 7 out of 10, but he will give you 7 out of 10 in every single game. He knows yeah. what his job is. He knows how to do it. And he'll do he'll do it. You know, nothing exceptional. He won't set the world on fire. He'll just do his job. Um, and at this stage and in this sort of game, that's the sort of player we need. Yeah. Laxalt runs around the pitch like a headless chicken and drawing the rest of the team out of position and... That's not what we need. I think Kennedy will have seen that from the first half against Rangers in the Cup. Obviously, he made the change then pretty quickly. Um, I think on you know with that in mind, he will start Taylor over Laxalt. The, the performances of Laxalt have really reminded me a lot of when we had Thomas Gravenson in the side. Now, the, the performance I'm particularly thinking on is a 3-0 defeat away in Copenhagen, um, where basically I think he covered every single blade of grass but never touched the ball. Um, he was absolutely <laughs> pathetic that night um, and it kind of summed up Celtic away from home but yeah I'm looking at Laxalt and I'm going why are you in the right back position you're a left back he's all over the shop and this is a guy that had um, actually won or had won his way into the team of the tournament yeah. at the World Cup yep. it's just, I mean maybe it was his brother I don't know <laughs> it just wasn't the, the Laxalt that we're seeing for Celtic this season and yeah I mean you mentioned Greg Taylor being a sort of 7 out of 10 um, but then when I look at it the right back that came on for Aberdeen at the um, last week he was only a 17 year old boy um, he came on for Ross McCrory and I thought he put he put Taylor kind of well behind him he was getting mm-hmm. past him he was getting the balls in maybe something for Celtic to take a look at uh, I know the red tinted boys will be raging that I've suggested that as a transfer target um, but look there's a lot of good talent in Scottish football but um, Greg Taylor probably has his level it wasn't his best game in a Celtic jersey uh, but yeah it's again giving the youth a chance Adam Montgomery's also there that has been suggested in the left back position that'll probably not be this weekend but over the last two games maybe we'll see what we can get out of them yeah. um, so <laughs> As much as we're not overly looking forward to the game this weekend, uh, we will be covering it on a Celtic State of Mind, so do tune in for the match day coverage. Now, speaking of match day coverage, there was some match day coverage at the weekend, even though the men's team weren't playing, it was the coverage of the women's team. Natasha, you were part of that as Celtic beat Hibs 3 1. Now, this kind of coverage that's been given to the women's game over the last few weeks, I know um, other websites out there like the Cynic have been doing it all season but getting this focus on the women's game it can only help the development doesn't it? That's it exactly it if we want to develop and grow the women's game we need to give it more visibility and that's not only in mainstream media but fan media like ours can do our part in building the game as well just by us covering it we can draw more attention to it and we can draw more viewers to it but we can only draw more viewers to it if it's being broadcast so we need places like the BBC 
Let's look at BT. Let's look at Sky. They need to start broadcasting these games like they are going to start doing in England. Let's keep the Scottish game up there as well. And it's great for shows like us to be able to draw more viewers to it. And yeah, it's. Let, I mean, let's look at it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the option of watching Celtic away in Aberdeen in a league game that was in a league that's already over, or we could watch the women's team playing in a Glasgow derby at Celtic Park with a shot of getting themselves right back into that league title race. Mm -hmm. Now, I know some people obviously still, of course, watch the Celtic and Aberdeen game, but me and the other guys, you were there, who were commenting on on the women's game. Mm -hmm. I know which game was more enjoyable, you know. Uh, Believe me, I had to watch both of them. It was was hard going. You can tell us exactly which one was more enjoyable. A team of, you know, players giving 110% and securing an absolutely brilliant derby victory or a team of players who gave what, 50%? Did they manage that? And then Uh, uh, (laughs) I mean, and then you know, we got to follow up with the game with the game against Hibs, and we commented that on that as well. And again, you know, what we saw in that game was Celtic went one 0 down to Hibs, and then came back and won three one. And that just speaks again to the character and mentality of that Celtic women's team, both in the game against Rangers and the game against Hibs. They really want it. They really fight. And, you know, for me, it stems from the side of the park. Fran Alonso is an excellent manager and he's an excellent motivator. You can just see that. Russell is his number one fan, so I'm not <laughs> going to take that spot. I'll, I'll, I'll be number two. But, um, yeah, so the women's team are really great to watch at the moment. Um, and, and an update on the league, they're currently sitting in third. They're two points behind Rangers. They're five points behind Glasgow City. The top two are the Champions League spot. And for anyone who hasn't followed the Women's League, Glasgow City are now on for 14 in a row. Celtic and Rangers over the last couple of seasons have turned professional and are really starting to begin to challenge Glasgow City's leads. Um, what we do see in that league is the top three teams are quite far ahead of the others. So the mm-hmm. games against each other are really, really important. It was massive for Celtic to get that victory against Rangers and keep them in that title race. What happens in a couple of weeks' time is Rangers and Glasgow City play each other. So one or both of those teams are going to end up dropping points, again giving Celtic the chance to get right back into that title race. So if anyone out there is looking to watch Celtic play in a chance with a title race, in a chance of a Champions League spot, then why not tune into the women's games? They're often on BBC Alba. They're often shown online and Celtic tweet out the links. Get involved, watch the game, join our analysis on here. Um, and you might enjoy it. It's a refreshing change to see a group of Celtic players giving 110% for the club and, and winning games. Yeah, and Celtic are away at 4 for Farmington on Sunday. Um, they actually lost 11-0 to Rangers at the weekend. Um, mm. So it might be a bit of a, a goal talent, Paul. The producer just coming in saying Sarah Teagarden is an unreal talent. Is that not a Lawrence Connolly line? I'm sure Lawrence Connolly's her biggest fan. Um, but no, Amy, we spoke earlier about this sort of additional value to the game. If when the fans get back into the grounds next season, having that option to maybe go to watch these games at Celtic Park, especially potentially under the lights of a Champions League game, that would be a great thing to add on to the season ticket, wouldn't it? It has to be, you know, and Natasha's spot on. I've spoke to... Um I spoke to Joel Murray a few weeks ago, and and there, there it used to be a, a two horse race. Um, and, and I've watched I've watched Hibs ladies for years. I've got quite a few, a few of my friends have, have played for them even. So it used to be a two horse race between 
between Hibs and Glasgow City, as Natasha said, they're on 14 in a row. I um, I just interviewed Scott Booth the other week as well, you know, and, and he spoke about it that, you know, Celtic Rangers are investing that money into it and they're bringing in your Fran Alonso's and, you know, when you look at your, your Sarah Teagarden's, Chloe Craig's been, Chloe Craig's my favourite player, but she's been there for a few years, but you're looking at um, Young Robinson and they're all, they're all there. Um, and the money's there so of course it would be great to add it to the value and it, it's rightfully getting the, the attention it should finally be given you know on the BBC they're, they're running a sports scene every Sunday now that you are getting the coverage of the whole SWPL so mm-hmm. it's where it's supposed to be and you know last week I think Colin and I we, we both got a, a fair amount of pelters because mm-hmm. I, I was maybe saying that there would be a fair amount of fans or I was saying that the um, that the standard is a lot greater than, than many did expect and you know the misogynistic comments they did come in and the task I'll be well aware of that as well and you know it, it's so hard to try and promote this game um, you know when you've got so many backwards listeners or anyone just take a stance you know I, it's, we're not asking you to obviously to admit that you're wrong but just be a little bit more open-eyed really you wanted to spend how much so how much was it for Aberdeen last week? 15 pounds? Yeah 13 pounds yeah, or something 15 like that, pounds. Yeah. yeah and then you're getting BBC Alba just turn it down fair enough but it, it's there um, and the coverage and like I say the the action is way up there and it's not what it used to be you know obviously there are a few things and you you can draw comparisons all you like but the standard is ever growing it really is yeah I'm just going to bring this point up from Monty because Monty was someone who was very critical of the women's game but now has admitted that he enjoyed watching the ladies game um, unconvinced but has changed his outlook now look that that only comes from giving it a chance Um, and I have to say it's a a big congratulations to all the Celtic fan media that's covered these games this season because it does fall under the Celtic banner whether it be the Colts team whether it be um, the ladies team or the men's team it is Celtic at the end of the day they're putting on the green and white jerseys and they're representing the club so we should be supporting them um, and as we said if the games were to come to Celtic Park more often whether it be under the lights of a Champions League or even something like this game at the weekend then I'm sure it would definitely draw a crowd uh, Speaking about drawing a crowd Amy I think we're going to draw a crowd next week when we host the, the first ever Axon phone-in I'll give you a week to be, get prepared for it but you look scared already Hi <laughs> Just as simple as that <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> she says. It's so unconvincingly. Uh, but no, definitely looking forward to that next weekend. Um, get in touch with Paul if you want to get involved in that one. Natasha, it's been great having you on the Wednesday show. Thank you for making an appearance today. No, thanks for having me. A nice change of change of scenery. Nothing against Paul and Lawrence, of course. I will be back to my usual Tuesday club next week. Um, but yeah, n- nice and thanks for having me, guys. And you don't want to admit it, but you can. You told me off air that it was preferably to come on here so that you could be on Sky Sports News yesterday. So if you've not seen Natasha on Sky Sports News, check that one out. It was a, another great representation of Axon from Natasha. So well done for that. Um, and you did say that we were an upgrade from Paul and. Lawrence off air but it's, uh, it's not as if Paul's listening Lawrence. <laughs> 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 but, well, but Axom is back tomorrow at 12.30 when Paul John Dykes will be joined by John Paul Mason and Declan McConville maybe there'll be some more news on the Eddie House saga see I got it right again Amy I'm doing no, well no, I'm proud, I'm I've proud. not even got it written down in my hand anymore I'm doing not too bad <laughs> Uh, but no thank you very much for joining us on the Wednesday Celtic um, State of Mind Bulletin Colin Watt Amy Canavan Natasha Miko 
all here today to discuss the stories. Catch up, subscribe, like, do everything you can. Share the podcast, share it with people you don't even like. Um, just let's help us grow the numbers. But thank you very much for tuning in and we'll be back tomorrow. Stay uh, stay safe, take care and as always, hey will. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.